0: Hello everyone and welcome to Made in His Image, a Christian podcast where we take a look at what the world has told us about ourselves, what we think we know about ourselves, and ultimately what God has to say about that. My name is Stephanie Kumar, and I'm your host. And it's exam season, guys. I'm stressed, but I do know that it is what it is. You know when you get to the point where you are studying and right before an exam and you're like, well, if I don't know it now. I don't know it. There's nothing I could do to fill my brain with more information. Um, but unfortunately there is a way, um, because I've got a couple days until my first exam. And if you're listening, you're most likely a university student and you're probably also stressed. So the fact that you're taking the time to listen to me, um, means a lot to me. And, um, yeah, I've just been getting a lot of feedback in person as well recently, and it's been quite nice to hear some of my, you know, my peers tell me that they like what I have to say. And if you ever have a suggestion or something that you want to hear me speak about, um, please message me, text me, email me, I don't know, uh, DM me, comment if you're watching from YouTube, anything. I'd appreciate it knowing what it is you guys want to hear from me but um, today we're talking about beauty and not only beauty i guess in terms of um you know the way that you look but also what kind of beauty god looks for um and i have a personal experience and i also have a story from the bible today and so I'm really excited to just get into it. Before we do though, I want to preface this by saying that these are just my personal, I guess, opinions about beauty, and if you disagree, that's okay, and we can talk about it, and I think it's good to have discussions about these kinds of things, because again, beauty is something that's really interesting, attraction is also something that's really interesting, and... Many people have very different opinions about attraction and beauty. So, I'd love to hear anything you guys have to say about it also. But yeah, uh the reason I chose this topic is because it's been so relevant in my life in the past couple of years. Constantly talking about beauty and, you know, attraction, especially um while dating, talking about whether or not you're attracted to someone, or if whether or not they're attracted to you, or also even, you know, meeting new people your age, and wondering, you know, okay, this person looks great, why don't I look like that, you know, and some of those things are kind of bedded in, embedded in our culture, and also um, may come from, or stem from Our insecurities and to be able to look at our insecurities and name them and see where they came from might be the move honestly because once you can name something then you can start working on it but if you're not aware of what it is that you need to work on then how are you supposed to work on it and move forward right so beauty for me growing up was not that big of a deal I'll be honest with you, I feel like a lot of the women around me and not even just around me but on social media tend to have grown up not feeling beautiful or not feeling confident in their own skin. yet, I don't believe that that was my own experience I think for for me, I was just weird and honestly not ashamed to be weird and like elementary school was interesting, very fun. I have great stories from the way that I grew up. And I don't think that there was ever a moment where I was preoccupied with my appearance. I always gave off teacher vibes with my cardigan and my uniform and just everything. The whole fit was, was giving teacher vibes. Um, but I don't know why I wasn't preoccupied with it. Um, Even though I had social media and, you know, I was around the same girls every year, I I don't think I had a particular interest in figuring out whether or not I was beautiful. And it's not like I also, it's not also like I was, you know, sitting there thinking that I was the most beautiful girl in the world. It's just, I, I didn't really give it much thought. Even closer to high school where, you know, it's that awkward period of time where you start having a crush on someone and start, you know, thinking about attraction. I think it goes back to what I said last week where I was talking about whenever I had a crush on someone, I'd feel really uncomfortable if they liked me back. So I never thought about why someone didn't like me back. It was just a given that if I did like someone, it would just like go away and I wouldn't have to deal with it and I guess that's maybe unhealthy behavior but it definitely did not it did allow me not to think about why someone didn't like me and then I got to high school and again not really preoccupied with the whole attraction thing or the beauty thing and It's closer to my university days where, you know, I'm meeting all these new people. Some of these people are beautiful beyond belief. And, you know, I again have this crush and uh, these feelings for someone and I'm realizing that I'm questioning my worth. And for a second I stop and you know, in prayer, I'm like, God, I I never used to think this way. I never used to think about whether or not I was beautiful. I actually became so obsessed with how I looked because I was constantly thinking about, you know, how to move and how to act and how to be, um, around this person. And, uh, part of that was, you know, my out, my outer appearance, how the way that I looked, And I was never satisfied, no matter what I did, I was never satisfied with the way I looked when I knew I was going to see him, which is really weird. Looking back on it now, I feel like that made me very insecure and not a good look, to be honest. And so I would I would pray about it and I would question it. I'd be like, Lord, I've never had a problem with the way that I look before. I've never had a problem with the way that I act. And yet somehow, for whatever reason, I've started to question those things. I've started to question the way that I act. I've changed the way that I act to become, I guess, more appealing to this person. I've changed the way that I look so many times to yeah get this person to feel something for me and it got to a point where i think i realized oh i think i've placed my self-worth in the hands of another human being and when i when i realized that i you know i was like what am i doing i used to be able to place my self-worth in god But not even really then. It wasn't that strong. It was just... It was never addressed. It was never a thing that I had to really think about. And now that I had to give it to someone, I had to choose between God and another human being. And I chose another human being. And that took a while to figure out and detach from. A long time. And when I think I knew basically uh the gist of me you know ending the friendship like i talked about last week was or the reason sorry for ending it part of it was i don't feel like myself because i've placed my self-worth in someone's hands and it's not his fault it's my fault but it's something i needed to remove myself from because i wasn't capable of you know detaching right so i knew that i needed to let go because i was constantly seeking validation from another human being and that's so awful looking back on it now and if you've ever done that it's a genuine mistake everybody does it we all do it and it's not even romantic relationships some of us can put our self-worth in the hands of our parents, feeling like we need to make our parents proud by following everything they say and changing our desires and our passions and our goals to appease our parents. Some of us put our self-worth in our friends and the kind of people we hang around and start to change our the way we act to fit a certain mold. Some of us put our self-worth in the hands of our boss, you know, looking a certain way, presenting yourself a certain way to make your boss or the person that can change your career feel like they like you, to be more likable, to be more um, desirable, to be chosen. Those are things that, you know, everybody wants and it's natural, but it's so skewed. And none of us realize it until, you know, we're trying so hard to be one thing when we're not that thing. And that was a struggle for me to realize and accept because I refused, at least in my mind, I refused to let another person tell me who I was. And yet here I was waiting for, I guess, an answer from, from someone when I should have had the answer myself from our Lord. So I, instead of giving the, our God the honor and just the goodness, everything of me and giving it to him and letting him take care of me, I decided that I didn't trust him enough to do that. And so I gave it to a mere human being, someone who has his own struggles and his own weaknesses. And that was a hard pill to swallow for me. And um, yeah, the feelings that I had and the and the fact that I placed myself forth in him, it messed with my self-image, and so I never felt beautiful um, around him. In particular but also in general I started to question my worth uh, and that was really weird for me because it was so foreign but it was definitely a challenge that I had to overcome and I've come out on the other side and I would say I'm thriving I definitely love who I am and I have a good self-esteem and I've Now placed my worth in the hands of the Lord. And I will tell you how I came to that. Um, And it's a beautiful story. For me, it took a while. And a while for me, I would say is like maybe like half a year. But there are people who have struggled with their self-image and their self-worth for a long time. And for someone who has dealt with that for years, it's not going to take half a year to just overcome this kind of thing. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a long time. And that's okay. Um, Part of it is surrendering your appearance to the Lord by understanding how he created you, and what he's concerned about. So when you look at Instagram, when you open up your Instagram and you go through, uh, that exp, it's not an explore page. It's like your feed. It's not your feed. Cause you're not, sc- it's not the scrolling one. It's the, the explore page where you see all those like different random pictures for a while. I don't know if this happens to everyone, but for a while, mine was filled with beautiful girls all the time. And I'd be scrolling and, or I'd be, you know, exploring, I guess. And I'd be finding these beautiful women and I would compare myself to these women. And social media just has this hold on us, this expectation of who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do. And... For a lot of women around me, I know that that, that that's true to them as well, that they would be scrolling or that they would be on social media and they would see just the prototype, the clean girl, the good, beautiful, you know, even sometimes sexy girl, you know. And it's hard to attain that. It's hard to be that. And it's exhausting to try to be that when you can just be yourself right? So, um, the point that I guess, um, I was getting to is that for, yeah, for a lot of people around me, this, uh, standard of beauty has kind of shaped, I guess, their level, um, of their perception of themselves, right? Um, and, so, social media was a big thing for me, and part of the whole cleansing of that it was removing social media altogether. I would take frequent breaks from social media, um, even like month a month fast or, you know, like two weeks off of social media can do wonders for your self-perception, your self-image because you have nothing to compare yourself to other than, you know, the people around you. And even then, like, that's difficult because people are complex. The second thing was, instead of feeding my brain, you know, social media, I fed my brain the word and more specifically, like, intense prayer and surrendering this kind of thing. So learning to be learning to have the courage to ask for help in prayer, being like, you know what, Lord, I just don't like the way that I look, but I know that you made me this way for a reason and you find me beautiful. So I need to, I need to dig into that and truly understand what it means when, what it means to say that you find me beautiful, Lord, and really sitting with that for a while can do wonders as well. Um, the third thing was knowing where I was putting my, my trust, right? I put my trust in the hands of a human being rather than our God. And so because I did that, it's not like I could just continue walking around, not fixing the issue. I had to remove myself from this person's life in order to take that trust away from his hands and really try to place it in our Lord's hands. And what I was saying about really getting into the word, I mean really getting into the word and understanding certain things, which leads me to the story in the Bible that I want to talk to to you guys about today. We're looking at first Samuel chapter 16, verse seven. Before I read it though, I want to give you a bit of context. So uh, at this point, we've got Samuel who is talking to the Lord, and the Lord is telling him, You have to, um, we're going to appoint someone to be king, and um, we're going to find them in one of the sons, Jesse's sons. And so Samuel is going through, you know, all of Jesse's sons and he gets to one person in particular. So I'm going to pull this up here because I don't want to get it wrong. So we're going to look at 1st Samuel 7, but before we even, I'm going to actually do 1st Samuel 16 verses 6 to 7. So he's looking at Eli, Eliabim. No, wait, no, that's wrong. Eliab. Gosh, guys, names in the Bible are so hard to pronounce. It's ridiculous. So I'm going to read that again. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I encourage you to sit with this verse for a week and anytime you start praying, just meditating on this verse, I promise you something there's something there that needs to be addressed because what god is god is clearly saying i'm not gonna be looking at his outward appearance right now i'm looking at his heart and his heart is not ready for what i have to offer his heart is not ready for what i need him to do in the same way our outward appearance is not God's number one priority. It's not. Our hearts are his number one priority. He looks inward to see how he can move in our lives. And if our hearts are shut, if we are beautiful on the outside, but our hearts are shut, he can't come in. He can't do anything. He can't move the way he wants to move. And that's tough. When I first read that, I sat there for a minute thinking, whoa, that's crazy. And then it gets crazier, though, because when you read the entire chapter of 1 Samuel 16, Samuel is instructed to go to Bethlehem. Guys, where was Jesus born? Bethlehem. And how did Jesus come on earth? as a baby in a manger. When you think about the Jews and the way that they envisioned the Messiah coming, they thought the Messiah was going to come in grandeur, luxury, outward appearance, right? Strong. How did Jesus come? He came as a baby as a baby in a barn, born Surrounded by animals, shepherds. It's the connection is crazy. The way that Jesus came on earth, the King of Kings, the King of the universe, came on earth as a baby, so lowly and so meek. And that should tell you everything about how God operates. He does not deal with outward appearance in the way that we do. He does not he's not preoccupied with outward appearance like that. He's looking at your heart. And that blew my mind, just the connection when I was reading the entire the entirety of the story and I saw the the city the town, Bethlehem, I was mind blown. First of all, because it's Advent. Hello, that's crazy. But secondly, because, yeah, the immediate thought was Jesus and the way that he came on earth. So being able to meditate on that on that kind of verse or even just searching up, like, I would say even Psalm 139, Verse 14, to be fearfully and wonderfully made. To meditate on that verse as well. And thinking about like, God's creative process in making you specifically. I've had moments where I reflect on the way that God made me. And I'm blown away at the fact that he was probably so elated and excited and just joyful to be able to envision me and make me and then put me on the earth and and he did that for every single human being and it just like that's beautiful like it and it it changes your perspective on beauty because it makes you think about your creator. It's no longer vain. When i was preoccupied with the way that i looked all the time it was it became a thing of pride, it became a thing of like vanity. genuinely not thinking about my character, my my beliefs, my values, the way that I wanted to live my life, it was more about what I looked like on the exterior. And looking at my life now and looking at, you know, who I've placed my trust in, and where my self-love and self-worth comes from, now that I have an understanding of how God made me, oh, like, Obviously, I'm more preoccupied with my heart and the way that it operates and the way that it goes about living life. Is it open? Is it receptive? Is it, you know, ready for whatever God wants for it? Well, for me, right? Yeah, God is so good. I'm blown away, actually, in this moment, just thinking about just his creative process and the way that he, he went about making us. We're so complex. We're so interesting. And our outward appearance should be one of our, like the lowest things we need to worry about. But for whatever reason, in the secular world, it's one of the most important things that we have to deal with. And... I could sit here and I I, I was going to make a point I think about makeup and you know dressing up and and whatever and dressing up more specifically for a guy, right? And then I was thinking about the fact that I have makeup on right now and my hair is done and I have jewelry on and I, you know, I look relatively good. And There's a difference, I think, the intention, I think, behind all of that could be discussed at a later time. But the short point that I want to make is when I get ready and put makeup on or, you know, dress up, my the intention behind it is different. Before it was to cover up my appearance, my physical appearance. And in turn, by doing that, I was making my soul a little uglier over time because it was coming from a place of vanity. It was coming from a place of judgment and hatred for myself. But when I do it now, I just came back from a chaplaincy event at um, my university. And so I, I was dressed up, right? But I feel like I would have been confident in that room even without the makeup. It just enhances my features and I have fun doing it. I have fun doing my hair. I have fun doing my makeup. It makes me look a little different without actually taking away from what I really look like. And if I took a facial wipe right now and washed my face or scrubbed all of this off, I know for a fact that my soul doesn't feel that ugly because I'm not really preoccupied by the way that I look. But more importantly, I'm not preoccupied with the way that um, I need to look or I should look for someone else. And one of the things I started doing to change my perspective on, you know, My outward appearance was to honor my outward appearance because it's not all horrible, you know, looking good isn't a crime and it's not a bad thing. Um, But one thing I started doing was I started to dress up for Jesus. So in the morning or sorry, in the night before the next day, I would lay out my clothes and I'd have a conversation with Jesus about, hey, this is what I want to wear tomorrow. And this is what I'm going to, you know, do with my hair. And this is what I'm going to, maybe I'm going to wear makeup today. Maybe I won't tomorrow. Um, and just talking him through what I'm going to look like. And when I started doing that, I noticed a difference in my confidence. Because the next morning I'd wake up and I'd have my clothes ready. And it's like, I'm dressing up for him and with him. He like is an, he's actively a part of that with me. And that was a game changer for me because I would walk out, you know, without makeup or with my hair, you know, just natural. And I'd feel really confident because I know that God was part of the process and yeah that's just where it's at for me um in terms of beauty and outward appearance i guess the experience is probably more relatable to women but for men i know that a lot of men struggle with you know gaining muscle um or being strong enough and when you reflect back on the entirety of the story of you know David because David ultimately became king and he was scrawny and you think of David and Goliath the story God used David even if he wasn't physically strong and with that comes for men at least I think outward appearance is not as important as being able to protect those around you, to be a good man of God, to be responsible and generous. There's so many qualities that both men and women should seek before seeking a betterment in their outward appearance. Yeah, guys, still blown away by the Bethlehem thing. I'm not over it. I've been freaking out about it, wrote it in my notes, and just, yeah, incredible. But I think that's all I have for you today about beauty. It is a really interesting topic. I know that some people might, might disagree with me in the way that I maybe presented this. But if you have anything to share about this or, you know, this topic resonates with you in any way, feel free to reach out to me and, um, and talk to me about it. And, um, yeah, I am hoping to post again next week, but it's exam season and I'm not entirely sure if I'll have everything ready and done, um, next week, but I'll keep you posted. Um. Thank you for watching, if you have up until this point. God bless you all, and it's Advent, so I hope that you're spending your time preparing for our Lord's second coming, and his present coming, and um, yeah, that's it. All right, goodbye.